0: brought your Bibles, I trust you did, you'll find the book of Romans with me this evening. The book of Romans. I know your faithfulness tonight is an encouragement to your pastor, and it encourages me as well. Keep that up, and do a good job. And Brother Levine's doing a great job in keeping us informed ahead of time what's going on, and thanks for that. And it sounds to be a great conference, and I hope you'll look forward to it. Like I said earlier, we're in Missions Revival. I mentioned the Sunday school hour, revival is coming back again to what the Bible has to say. And going back and looking basically at what the Bible has to say, and saying, Lord, speak to me, deal with me, show me who I am, what I should be, show me what you want me to know, and Lord, what wilt thou have me to do it should be the prayer of our hearts throughout this conference. Guide me, let me know, open my heart to it as well. It's interesting, in the book, we come, we're in the book of Romans, chapter number 15 tonight, and it's interesting, I've always found interesting, the closing portions of some of Paul's epistles. And Romans 15 is quite interesting, as well as others are, because you see sometimes names that you don't really see very much in other parts of the Bible. Sometimes there's names given, you wonder who they are. But you, they had an important part of the Apostle Paul's ministry, and God allowed their names to be part of the preserved text that we have. And it's a wonderful thing that God allows us to be there because they show some things that are very most interesting. But also in the, at the end of Romans 15, we see some interesting thing here. Paul's not just saying some words, some parting words or benediction to some saints at all. But here in Romans 15, he's speaking of some things that he's looking forward to, some things that he desires. Start, I started off, I said, this would be like a little mini-series on my part. While i have the opportunity to preach. I said, in Sunday school, we're talking about the locations of biblical missions. And Eden, we talked about this morning, I believe, was the first place of missions where God himself came searching, came looking, came confronting Adam and his wife Eve with their sin, bringing them to conviction, bringing them there, letting them know that they had done wrong, and then communicates with them his word, and then he sees the conversion there of them as well. And that's now we go way fast forward. There's many other places I could take you to in the middle passages there. they not there, only limited Genesis. Many throughout the Old Testament speak of God's work and missions. But I think I'll bring the full book end of it tonight and we'll show you something more also as well. The Word of God tells us, that God, Christ told the disciples, the early church there, He told them to go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Acts tells them to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And so what I see in here in Romans 15 very pictures that last final statement of the uttermost altogether that was in the heart of the, of the Apostle Paul. To go and to reach on where he had not ever been, had never been before. And so if you think about the apostle Paul, how God changed his life. He could no, he was no longer the same after conversion. And I you mean, know, some would say he really got saved. And some would say that at all. And that's a wonderful thing when, when God gets a hold of a person's heart and they give themselves to the Lord. But I've also seen some people that sometimes are slow to grow and slow to grow in their Christian life and God brings them in a great change as well. Not all changes happen overnight. As one person said, we often we're not trying to grow, you know, just fast-growing grass. We're trying to plant an oak tree and getting stable going. And so sometimes maturity takes a while. But in the life of Apostle Paul, he was catching on quickly and growing quickly in the Lord. And so anyway, we'll see a desire of his, what he has in the book of Romans. And let me read our text for us in Romans chapter 15, and I'll give you the, the, the clue what it is, uh, maybe you'll catch it. Romans 15, look at verse number 17. Romans 15, verse 17, he says, I have therefore have whereof I, I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through many signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem Jerusalem, and round about unto Icurium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. But now, having no more place in these parts, having a great desire these many years to come unto you. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go to Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Shall we pray? We, Father, we thank you for our night tonight. And thank you for the wonderful hospitality we received and just the wonderful blessings you've given to our family throughout our just our short time, just last night and even into this evening. And we've been just immensely blessed already, and we just want to praise you for that this morning. And thank you for the people of the church here and their just their willingness to be a part of our ministry and their faithfulness to doing it. And Lord, we just just count on honor again to be here tonight. And I ask you to bless this church in the days ahead. Look forward to uh, hearing good reports of their program coming up for Resurrection Sunday. And Lord, just bless the efforts and help them to see, again, some great, a great turnout for your message to go out as well. Again, guide our hearts tonight again to your word. Help us truly as we pray tonight. You'll say, Lord, help, help show us what to do. May you remind us of that. Holy Spirit of God, please meet with us well. Please, freedom amongst us. Go up and down the pews, touch hearts, speak to them, move us and move our lives in ways we haven't before. And we just will give you glory for what you'll do this evening. And again, we say ahead of time, thank you for that. Again, bless our time. Please use me. I give myself to you. And I ask your blessings upon our night tonight, the remainder of it. In Christ's name, amen. It's interesting here, like I say here, the Apostle Paul, it's interesting He goes, since that Damascus Road instance, his life was devoted completely. He was devoted. He was dedicated to Christ. He would not be turned aside altogether the many beatings, the many oftentimes imprisonments, the, the, the whole episode in Corinthians where he gives a whole expose of what he has gone through for Christ never deterred him. He was always they never really moved him, he says. And he was determined to go forward for the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what the goal was, he wanted to do so. It's interesting in the books in Acts chapter 19 we see a kind of a, the heart of the apostle Paul in Acts 19 in verse number 21 he speaks to, to, he makes it clear to the people in Ephesus and he says these words he says I must see Rome. I have a desire to go to Rome. That's where I think I need to go. That, the Roman Empire. The place where it all is there. I need to get the gospel in that place there. And be a witness there. And these believers that are there. And I can help them and encourage them. I must go there. That's something I must have to do. And so, you see, he was, that's one thing he wanted to do. He had never yet seen Rome yet when he writes his epistle. But he expresses his great desire, and he it's interesting, oftentimes missionaries were asked what we believe, and Paul here writes automatically, here's what I believe to the churches. And he writes a wonderful doc, book of doctrine, and we got our, many of our main doctrines are found in the book of Romans. And he gives us this wonderful church there in Rome of what the Christian life, many of our details, of what we believe is there. But interesting. as he goes on to the believers in Philippi, he's told Ephesus, I want to go see Rome. He tells the people in Philippi, I press toward the mark. And so he's always saying, again, i got to go forward some more. To the Corinthians, he says, I must preach the gospel in the regions beyond. And so he's never seen to be satisfied with just what he has done. He's never satisfied looking back. To, oh, I could, do, I could compliment myself. I got that church going in Ephesus. I did well on that. Oh, look at what we've done over here in Philippi. That's good. I'm content with that. But he said, no, there's more places, there's more people, more importantly, that need to hear the truth. And they need to have that truth given to them. And that's I see that that's the purpose of God's people should be. To advance and to go forward. We live in the Toronto area. The little, the community that we live in is the town of Oakville, just 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, the big businesses, uh, there, the Canadian Wall Street's there. Everything you think of in the big city of Canada, the largest city is there. But we live just 30 minutes in the town of Oakville. Don't let the town confuse you. The name there, we have 194,000 people in our own town. And so it's amazing area itself. And it's interesting on their, their theme for the city, is advance, or if I'm pronouncing French right, I'm not very good at French, but it stands for to advance. And I think that's what God wants us to do, to move forward and to advance for the Lord Jesus. The Proverbs says, the righteous are as bold as a lion, and we ought to be moving forward and going forward and taking new ground. And that's what he told the, uh, the, uh, the early church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I trust you know as I do, that's a term of not a defense, that we're hiding behind some gates but no, we're taking the gates forward. We're moving and pushing Satan's forces back and to be moving ahead for the Lord Jesus in our lives as well. God's people have always gone forward. Think of the children of Israel. What were they doing? They were standing on the bank. The uh, Hebrews were trapped. The Egyptians were behind them. The Red Sea before them. The desert all around them. Where would they go? And God said to Moses, just two words, go forward, move ahead, take the next step of faith, and go forward. Forty years later, the children of Israel now are at Jordan. Moses has died, the new generation is there, and the Jordan River is flooded. And yet God tells Joshua very once again, ye shall pass over this Jordan, and there's new ground for you to possess, this land that I have for you, go for it. And I see Paul must have taken and seen those many times in the gospel, in the Old Testament, how God led his people forward and it stirred him and motivated him. One of my favorite accounts of going forward in the Old Testament was David. He goes to fight that giant and that young shepherd boy. The Bible said he hastened. He ran toward the giant to defeat him. He didn't back off and hope he would get him, but he literally hooked him on and was not afraid of that. God's people go forward. You think about all the gathering when Joseph found out his wife, soon-to-be wife, was expecting a child that would never be his. But yet the angel said, fear not to take unto her your wife. Go forward, Joseph. Don't be afraid. And I'm glad that he did. We are a a progressing people. The great missionary statement made by David Livingston should be a motivation, I think, for every Christian. He said these words, forward ever, I'm sorry, anywhere provided it be forward. Where do you want me to go, God? What do you want me to do? Anywhere if it's going ahead. Anywhere if you'll lead me forward and not let me step back a little bit in my Christian life. Help me to be a better Christian. Going ahead, not reserving myself for this world, but pressing forward for the Lord Jesus. And that's what He calls us to do. C.T. Studd is an interesting and famous cricket player. He wrote these words as all. He said, forward ever, backward never. And they always need to know. William Borden You've heard the contented cow people, the board and factory. Here he, he gave all that up to be a missionary. And, he, and after he passed away, they found these words in his Bible. No reserves, no retreats, no regrets. And so God's people must be forward. Back to, going forward, back to our text. You see interesting two verses in our text. I want to point out to you tonight what he says here altogether, what he wants to do. He has a plan. He said before, I must see Rome. I must go there. I must press for the mark. And now he says in other parts of his plan, look back again with our text. Looking back at Romans chapter number 15. Look what he says. Verse number 24. He says, whenever soever I take my journey into Spain, I will come unto you. Spain, here for the first time we see in Scripture that Paul says, I want to go here. This is the next place I'm going to bring the gospel. When I go into Spain, I'll stop by and see you in Rome. I've been wanting to do so, but that's just going to be my stop-off point for a little while because I'm moving ahead, I'm moving forward to the Spain is where I must go. And that is saying Spain was at this time was a far distant part of the Roman Empire. Some say even the Roman Empire even reached as far as into southern England as well, around eighty seventeen. 17. So it's no stretch of the imagination that was a possibility that Paul really was really pressing forward to. Amen. But it's interesting, as you look at if I studied the Bible, and perhaps Pastor could prove me different, I haven't found that he has made it to Spain or not, some will ask. I can't find an epistle to the Spaniards in my Bible. I, I haven't seen a letter getting sent to them. So some have wondered, and some have you know, perhaps even scoffed at the part, thinking, did the, did the apostle make it altogether?" And I made the mistake. I opened some Bible commentaries, and I said, let's see what these guys have to say. They have a, more letters behind my name, and so maybe their name than I do, so let's see what they have to say. And I was very disappointed with what I, I read and some of them, you can see the high and mighty tone. Oh, it's doubtful that Paul so Paul made it here. He may have had good contentions altogether, but we see no record, so it's highly doubtful. And they cast doubt and they kind of put mud on it and just you know push it aside. These verses are really trivial and unimportant. And so it's interesting. Although the Bible commentators don't believe he did, and I don't know he did, I can tell you one thing. He did not fail. He did not fail. You see, the man who, is out, who never tries has already failed. The man who never tries. That's when we fail altogether. Lloyd-Jones says this, the great preacher, the men who try to do something and fall are infinitely better than those who try to do nothing and succeed. We must go forward as Christians tonight. And so tonight, I don't want to concentrate on Spain as the country is, as good as it might be. But I want to concentrate on instead, what Spain represent in your life that there's something more in your Christian life. Something more that God has for you. And you must have, the same, have that same desire here. When I take my journey to Spain, I'm going to head for there. Don't we sing that song? I'm bound for the promised land. We look forward to heaven. But God says, you're still here. Yeah, you have a work to do. So what that work is is to go to that uttermost, go to that span of your life, and keep on reaching forward, keep on possessing new ground for the Lord. It's been said if the future is to be disturbed. The present, I'm sorry, if the present. If the future is to be different, the future must be disturbed. I back that up again. It again. If the future is to be different, yeah, the present must be disturbed. We must change right now who we are. If we expect a better tomorrow, if we expect our families to be different, things have to change now. If we expect our Christian to be a better Christian, then we better do something about it right now. And not just put on a, a do list to do or a new year's resolution list, I'll think I'm going to try for this, but we must really step out and say, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to move ahead for the Lord. So the question might be asked, I've heard, I understand, Saul what Paul wanted to go to Spain. I understand other Christians and times past have gone forward. But how am I? What is the goal? How can we do it? It might sound motivational, inspirational, but what's the process to do so? And I think that's often needed. We can hear good, inspiring messages to go forward and all that, then walk away. And, well, sounds good. I'm excited, but how do we do it? I think this passage here in Romans 15 gives us three ways, I trust that we can see, we can go forward for Christ tonight. Romans 15, look in verse number 15 here, and we'll see the first of that tonight. Romans 15, verse number 15. Apostle Paul says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you on, because of the grace of God that is given to me of God. Who doesn't want the favor of God? That's how we go forward. Through the grace, the unmerited favor altogether. Who among us could say, i got enough grace. I'm filled up. I have all I need. But if you're like me, and most people, you say, I could just, even just a little bit more is like, could be a great help to me. There's struggles and pressures upon me and things in my life that I'm dealing with. Oh, I need the grace of God. Paul says very clearly here, he speaks about the grace of God. He said, that was given to me. Oh, that grace of God strengthens Paul's life in many ways. To the Corinthians, he said, By the grace of God, I am what I am. God's grace had changed his life. To the Colossians' believers, he says this, Whereunto I labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily, never undermatch the wonderful power of the grace of God in a person's life. When the Apostle Paul was told, my grace is sufficient for you, God wasn't trying to pacify the Apostle and say, don't worry about your problem. I'll give you my grace and you'll be fine. What he was giving to Paul was his best. He said, what I have for you is the best I'll give you. And God's grace is the best he can give us. Never undermiss the grace of God. That's the only way that we can go forward altogether. That God's grace helps us to go above in our Christian life and go beyond who we think we are. It's not a matter of determination. It's not a matter of self-will. But it's more of a matter of self-reliance. And here, my God, I want to go forward. Empower me. Use me. And let me do your will and move me forward as well. We should have goals, yes. But ultimately, we are very helpless on the own if we don't follow the Lord and let His grace work. You know what the Apostle Paul, the, the Christ told His disciples? You know, perhaps those words, you can finish it if you will. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. We need the Lord in every area of our lives. And God's grace is needed to help us to go forward. And look how, how much that grace moved the Apostle Paul forward. Look in verse number 19. Right toward the end of it, I'll bring your attention, right near the end. He says this, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and round about Icarium, I have, listen to the words there, fully preached the gospel of Christ. That means that God gave him success in getting the message out there. What is success? Success is just doing the will of God. Doing what God has for you, regardless of the consequences, regardless of the results, doing what God has. And Paul says, through this, God has done some mighty things as I preach the gospel. And I can testify that is true. As you're obedient to the Lord, as you follow Him with your life and you trust Him with it all together, it doesn't matter what the financial books may say, it might not matter what the naysayers may say, God will give you success when you follow Him. Our early days, I was, I was so confused, and, all, and oftentimes we, had, we were seeing numbers leave. And I told you, it was disheartening. All these immigrants now going to other places and moving away that we had reached, and the, and the church was building up so fast. And I go, "This is great," and it seemed like something just went out. And I remember talking to pastors and preachers I know, and they go, "You're probably in the wrong area. You're probably not in God's will. Where you want you, to, you should pray where you need to go." And I prayed, and God said, "No, stay right here. You need to stay where I put you." Paul told Titus, all I got, I told you, stay in Crete. I think Brother Hiles preached that wonderful message, to stay in Crete. And that spoke tomorrow. Just stay where you are and stay and stay faithful to him. And I did. Times got discouraging a little bit more. And all together, and a church out in western Canada, larger church altogether, they said, I heard of you out there in Ontario. And they said, we want you to come. Why don't you just come and be our pastor. Don't worry about the church planning a bit. We've been established for a while. Come and pastor us. We'd love to have your family move and be with us. We can give you a parsonage, we got our own building, we reach missionaries, we got a bus ministry. We think you would enjoy it here. You won't have the pressures of you know, church planning, and I we'll, guess uh, we want to go forward, but not the effort of one getting from start. And we'll give you a good salary on top of it. So I prayed, and God said, "No, stay where you are." And I called back, and the, and the contact said, "You're going to regret it when you know how much we could offer you. You're going to regret when you see what God could have given you here you're going to start to feel the conviction of God. And I go, no, not at all. I feel the peace of God. God has led me here to stay, and that's where I'm staying, and that's what it is. God's grace is sufficient. Amen. But how do we go forward here? Verse number 20, not only the grace of God, but he says, I have strive to preach the gospel not where Christ was named. We go, We cannot go forward unless we have the gospel message with us as well. We must not forget and leave the gospel behind. So many works, perhaps, that once had started off good, giving the gospel soon have changed their courses and changed their design to what they do. They became more social gospel centers and you know outreaches of, of social nature rather than soul-saving nature. And that's a tragedy. We will never go forward for Christ if we're not truly standing for the Lord and wanting to reach people for Him. David Livingston's father-in-law Robert Moffat said these words in the vast plain to the north. I have sometimes seen in the morning sun the smoke of a thousand villages where no missionary has ever been. Oh, these early missionaries, they saw people, they saw them in their soul's condition. Their greatest need was the gospel. They didn't see, they didn't see, past, they saw past the social plight and the, and the other agendas that they needed. They saw their soul as needing people that need the Lord Jesus. And up in Canada, we see people that from all over the world. And you look at them, and they're fascinated with their cultures and their dress and everything. And that's amazing. They can tell many things about back home. You hear many things on the news and how the government is like more of a social thing. The people can depend on the government for so many things that gets involved in their lives. But what they really do, we didn't come out there to bring them the way of the United States. We didn't go up there to bring them. This is the way we do it back home. This is the better, perhaps, approach to things. No, we said we're going to go there. We're giving them up. Christ. Christ is what they need to hear first of all. The gospel. Paul said, "I strive to preach the gospel," and we must reach them. We must truly reach them while we have the time to do so, as well. Jonas Salk. Does that name ring a bell to you? If you're in the medical field, the inventor of polio. I read the story that somebody asked him a question. They go, "Jonas, why didn't you patent your, your polio vaccine?" You could have been rich. That, that wonderful drug you developed, and to, to help with the polio, you could have been rich. Why didn't you, you know, patent it? Why didn't you get uh, the rights for it altogether? And Jonas Salk just said these words, Can you patent the sunshine? Can you patent what helps people's lives? Can you just make profit on that? And so that's what so often we think as well. We are saved. There's sunlight in my soul today. more well, glorious and bright, I'm glad I'm a Christian. But we forget about those around us and truly really don't look at their souls needing the Lord Jesus. We want to go forward, take the gospel with us. We must realize that. J. Oswald Sanders said this, it is be kept in mind that the generations of men do not wait for the convenience of the church in respect to their evangelization. Men are born and die whether or not Christians are ready to give them the gospel. And hence, if any church of any generation does not evangelize the heathen of that generation, those heathen will never be evangelized at all. We must realize oh, we must go forward and bring the gospel. People are dying in every place, in our homes and in our home areas, as well as abroad. People are dying. We must not wait. We must go forward with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. What can be done by us to reach the people around the world? Lastly, let me close with this. Romans 15, verse 24. How do you expect to go forward? Verse 24 says these words. When is the rush to go on my journey? Into Spain I will come unto you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you. If first I be filled, somewhat filled, with your cash. Wait, I, I, I I I misread that. Let me get, I'm sorry. It was a missionary saying it, so I figured that was it. He said, how else? By your company. He said, I can go forward by your company, by your encouragement, by your strength, by your gathering together, by your fellowship. Do you think about that? Paul said, that's what I needed. Mission succeeds. I can tell you that is a great thing when missionaries are encouraged and strengthened. And we can all go forward. And what's the best place to encourage one another? The doors of the local church. We can You can encourage one another in the work you're doing here. Far more than any cash could ever give. And he says here to the church here, Paul says, I'm looking forward to coming. I'm looking to be brought on my journey because I know you're going to help me. I know you're going to strengthen me just by your presence, just by your fellowship. So I want to encourage you as as this week. I trust that we can help you as, as missionaries and you can help us as well. In a mutual way, we strengthen each other for God's work. That we'll be ready to go forward just after this conference. I'm going to reach people for Christ, whether that be here in Connecticut, whether we be across all across the world or just right next door to Canada, wherever it might be or across the ocean to Spain, wherever it is where God has us that we'll say, I'm going to fellowship. That's going to help me go forward if I first be filled with your company. God's, the company of God's people is a wonderful thing. It's interesting, Paul spoke of in many of his epistles. To Titus, he said, bring Zenos and the lawyer and Apollos on their journey. Here you got this lawyer and you got Apollos, a preacher there. And a man, just another layman on the church. Perhaps some say he knew the Old Testament law. I don't know, for example, what he's applying to as a lawyer. But two different guys, two different responsibilities. And each of them still could be brought forward. And there's people amongst us, people in your same pew, that can be brought forward on their journey. Your pastor needs to be brought forward on your journey. And we go forward by one another moving ahead. And we should move forward for Christ. Yes, I encourage you, take out that faith promise. Ask God to increase your faith. Show you what you want to give. Move forward by faith. Take on that new Spain where God has you to go. And lead forward altogether. Why? Whenever God's people come together, it always leads to progression. Whenever God's people lag behind and there's uh, friction or enmity or lack of unity, the lack of work of God suffers greatly as well. And so he must go forward. Our final illustration, the Apostle Paul is not my example, though. I like the motivation he gives here of going to Spain. But that's not my example. I see the greatest example of what these principles take place in the life of the Lord Jesus. He's there in Gethsemane. He's counted on. He's gone there. The grace of God's been there to help him. He has the angels there to strengthen him, and he's got to receive the grace of God. He has a purpose. That's the gospel. He is doing what he's doing for the gospel. But yet the people of God that he was counting on, he said, pray with me, kind of fell asleep. And they missed out. But yet still, Lord Jesus, what example he was. The text Bible says, and he went a little further. He still went ahead, and he moved ahead for the Lord Jesus. And he did that. And as hard as it was, the agony was there was great. But still, he did not stop. Don't stop in your Christian life. Move ahead by faith and your faith promise giving, but also in your Christian life with the gospel, encouraging one another, let the grace of God lead you and let him have his way in your life. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word you've given to us.